0: This is TV8 My Dinner, a podcast about entertainment issues brought to you by darkcrazy.com. Previously on the hills. My life has been so difficult lately. My old best friend Heidi got engaged to a total jerk. Heidi, you're so beautiful. I want to hang out with you. Oh forever. my God. I passed on a chance to work in Paris at Team Vogue. <laughs> the earth was destroyed in a nuclear holocaust. First of all, Adrena started dating this really lame boy, and it was getting between us. Like, I know you like him, but it's like, I don't like him. They destroyed the whole planet! I know, but like, I don't see why that should get in the way of our friendship. My
1: baby! Has anyone seen my baby?
0: I don't want it to either,
1: but at some point, you're going to have to choose. We're all gonna die! Listening to TV Ate My Dinner. My name is Sean and I'm sitting here with Brooks.
0: That's a very upbeat intro for the, the grim subject of tonight.
1: It brings me up. It brings me up to think about other people having problems worse than mine. Enjoy it. I like it.
0: Like Greg, for example, who didn't survive the apocalypse. That's right, Greg. That's why he's not here to discuss our post-apocalyptic... The,
1: the hawaii Calypse. He's at a Hawakalypse.
0: Yeah, Greg, who is in Hawaii... Yeah, because right. he's too cool to talk to us. He'd rather go to Paradise.
1: Yeah, really. So, you know, there's that?
0: Well, we next still... week I'm going to work. So there.
1: Yeah, I could, you know, probably have a business trip to Wisconsin coming up. So, you know, I got good things. I got good things on the horizon. That's cool. And a lot of dairy. going to be coldest coldest month of the year to be there. Good, good. Off to so a good we start. Have
0: previously discussed apocalypse itself but my particular interest has always been more in the post-apocalyptic world which is you you find a lot more of in cinema and television and other forms of of media
1: yeah and you and lynn were of the same mind on that lynn our our aussie correspondent from from the other side of the world when i told her about our apocalypse show, she said, you should probably do a pre-apocalypse and a post-apocalypse, which we were already doing. So I felt gratified.
0: And it's interesting co- because Australia is, of course, the the setting for the most famous of the post-apocalyptic series of movies.
1: Yes, maybe because there's so much desert there that it was already easy to imagine.
0: Yeah, it already looks a little post-apocalyptic.
1: <laughs> yeah, it looks like what'll happen. And every, you know, that you know, it'll be all desert, but everyone's still speaking English. You know, something we can wrap our heads around.
0: Yeah, it's well Australia. It's about as close, I guess, as you can get to a real life post nuclear nightmare.
1: <laughs> I don't think Lynn will approve <laughs> as much. We started out being very positive to our to We're our. We're kidding, Aussie. of
0: course. It's they have a, a wonderful opera house. Everyone knows it.
1: I like if you watch Lost, all you ever see is is that is that that thing? Is it in Melbourne or is it in Sydney where they they have that Sydney, building? Isn't with isn't it? The big fins. Yeah. What is that?
0: Yeah, the Sydney Opera House.
1: It's this. It? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm ignorant. Is that what it is? Like you know that big building they got there with the with the ridges on it? Yes, it's the Sydney Opera House. Oh,
0: I better okay. look that up before I make you, a fool of myself. Vul-
1: you vulgarian. Yeah, we actually, man, I'm sick of the episodes where we have to do all this research. We can we do like an hour and a half about how to survive a nuclear bomb, and then we don't even know what the capital of Australia is.
0: Well, they um. Weird, right? Yeah, it's the Sydney Opera House. I thought that. That's I knew that. That's a very famous look looking
1: structure. It's in
0: every well, other even shot. It looks a lost. little looks a little futuristic and post apocalyptic too.
1: That's true. You know, I was watching the special on the series, the Planet of the Apes series, and they There's were talking a Planet about, of the
0: Apes series.
1: No, I mean, this the old series of movie. There was a oh, television I series like a as TV well. Series. Oh, well, there see, I there was. That. But uh, this was. Before the, the remake, but they were talking about Conquest where it was supposed to be set in the near future that was sort of a fascist regime. And uh, so they shot it in like this this big apartment complex that had just been built. That was all concrete
0: hmm.
1: and it sort of looked like a, you know, future gone wrong. I don't know how they sold that to the people who developed that. It's like, what we're wanting to do is this future gone wrong scenario, like like this modern crap horror motif. You know, basically a city full of monkeys. What would that look like? And we saw your development, and this is perfect. <laughs> yeah. We, couldn't, oh, we great. couldn't have built yeah, something that looked more like, devastated. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. I can't think. We'll call them congominiums. Perfect. Congominiums. Yeah, that's a way home. There was a
0: a trend for a while there where Atlanta was getting name dropped a lot in these kind of movies.
1: <laughs> Atlanta was where people went when they wanted to film the future gone wrong, but they didn't want to spend any money on special effects. So they just shot in Atlanta and didn't change a thing. Several movies shot in Atlanta under that premise. and I'm not joking. That sounds like a joke, but it's not. When they went to do Free Jack, like he's turning a corner and he's going down downtown Atlanta, you know, he turns on another corner. There's a flying car, but when you see him running down the crap street, they didn't change a thing. That's Atlanta. RoboCop three, like when they're tearing down the tenement slums of Detroit to, to build like this fantastic new city, Atlanta, they didn't do anything. They, I mean, they had a guy in a RoboCop suit, but didn't have to spend a thing on the sets. It's either Brilliant.
0: that or, or the opposite. Like in that uh, Van Damme movie, Cyborg. You ever see that? Awesome. Awesome Mm post-apocalyptic kung fu movie. But where are they trying to get the whole movie? To the one place that civilization has survived, Atlanta.
1: I don't remember that. That could be the most positive thing anyone has ever said about Atlanta or the South. Because usually it's the other way around. We're usually the cautionary tale. You don't want the future to turn out like this, do you? This is crap. We were second. doing a, it's Atlanta uh, right now.
0: ISDN today at work with the BBC. And,
1: it's ISDN, uh, I want them live action role playing Exactly.
0: Now it's a, like them vampires. It's, it's a, it's a form of, it's hard to explain. <laughs> it's, it's when you do voiceover work and they send it through phone lines, but it's not phone quality. It's studio quality, but they just use phone lines and, a lot of the that's stuff neat. you'll you'll hear on commercials and stuff is recorded that way. Anyway, I, don't,
1: I believe that the the radio the, that poetry show that, that my buddy Joe Milford does yeah. the one where we did the poetry reading where I did the poetry reading, I think that's what they did because they had like where like it, you phoned in and it went into like a, a sound.
0: Yeah, but see there. that was still phone quality because I actually listened to that. This is now this this would you never know that this was over the phone. It's it's studio quality. They just use phone lines the way a modem would use a phone line. So a lot of times if you're listening to live radio and they're talking to someone like from L.A., it's blah, blah, blah. And it sounds like a doesn't sound like a phone. That's what, Anyway, at any rate, we were talking to the BBC today and, and the guy was explaining, the engineer on the other end over there was explaining to someone else that someone was in Atlanta. And he's like, he's in Atlanta. And it's in Georgia. <laughs> and I was like, Who doesn't and I was know? like you Seriously? don't know where Atlanta is? Well, I didn't. We had to look up the Sydney Opera House, so we're no better.
1: But we knew it was in Sydney. Not at first. It's the name.
0: <laughs> That's why we looked it up, remember?
1: Like, is it in Melbourne? Don't... don't make me
0: rewind this very episode. and
1: <laughs> Look, it, it should be clear by now, and I also get called out by Lynn on this. I do not listen to what I'm saying, ever. I do
0: not think about what I'm Sometimes... saying. I do not listen to what I'm yeah. saying. I do I don't not say to what show. I'm saying.
1: All right, I have a standard to what I listen to. All right, I don't listen to stuff like this. I don't like podcasts. When people are like, "What do you think of when you listen to your show, Sean?" I don't like podcasts. I'm sorry. I don't. I don't have time for that kind of. I don't. When when I'm on the radio, maybe I'll listen to me unless I'm live because you know there's a logistical issue there. But you know, if it's recorded, I will listen to it. Maybe. Radio's kind of dead too. But we'll get that sometimes. Like Lynn's real good, but sometimes also people will reference things we've said on the show. Like, really, that's very interesting. You said it. Hmm. Interesting. Superlative.
0: <clears throat> I couldn't agree benevolent.
1: more. Nice. When in Rome, it's very Ron Burgundy. <laughs> yeah. I'm just reading the teleprompter here. Oh. Uh, I don't know what it's saying. It really. Is. I feel that way sometimes. And because it's not that we don't remember, I do remember, I'm making fun, but I do remember things we said, but we do, I don't sometimes things from our actual conversations pour over into the show, and I don't remember things we've spoken about that may may have gone into the show, or sometimes we spoke about something while recording a show, and it may or may not have made it into the final cut, because we do edit episodes, people are still surprised to find out. But, but we do, I'm making fun. We do. Oh yeah, we appreciate. It. Uh, no when doubt. When people
0: reference something. I'm glad like somebody <laughs> you really know is paying attention. That. I'm keeping it, keeping
1: it. Like that's that's
0: somebody's to the fire.
1: Glad someone listens not to this us crap. Just get
0: away with saying whatever.
1: Yeah, good thing. <clears throat> yeah, we're gonna get letters.
0: All right, I got to give my quick review of zombie strippers.
1: Yeah, I tried my best to see this before we talked about it on the show, but it's going. I'll get it days later, so I'm not sure if that's good or bad.
0: Well, do you want me to wait? You want to hold off?
1: No, I can uh, you from what you said it's not going to require both of us.
0: Yeah, it's it's not something I would recommend unless you are a hardcore zombie wanna see
1: everything <laughs> kind of movie. Hardcore zombies, that's what zombie strippers is
0: Or lot. if you are a hardcore Jenna Jameson fan, I guess.
1: Yeah, unless you're a f- fan of Jenna Jameson's hardcore, which may not be the same thing. You might not no, be getting. There
0: is no actual hardcore in this. Oh, really? But no. Oh. <laughs> what, you thought there was like actual no, hardcore but, but, porn?
1: So I, I thought the opposite. What?
0: All right, let's start over. What now?
1: <laughs> I thought you were saying there was hardcore. You're saying there's no, 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 no actual no. hardcore,
0: which is what I was no, saying. No, there is no hardcore. But the I will say that the gore in the movie is, is impressive. It's kind of hardcore. And if, if there's one reason to watch this movie... It's because there's some pretty gruesome, fun gore scenes in it.
1: That's kind of fun. And uh, And a little... Do we we get some nudity in (laughs) it?
0: Oh, just so much. Kind of like what I've... I've never seen Showgirls, but what I've heard about Showgirls, like Melissa and other people have told me, is that by the end of the movie, you're just kind of tired of seeing them naked because they're naked so much. Wow. That's kind of like this. You don't even notice after a while that they're walking around naked because... It's just, you know, they're always naked, so you don't pay much that's attention. It's not very it. impressive, to be honest. because it's so exactly covered in like, blood and stuff that you don't even notice after a while.
1: On a, and on a, a somewhat unrelated note, or I, I, it's not unrelated, but I don't want to go too deep into it. But, you know, we talk sometimes about this movie that we made, this B movie, this Z movie that we made in Tate Manor in, in the uh-huh. Tate House. It was terrible but it was one of those where they were trying to be a horror movie. So there was just like nudity and the girls were naked most of the time. And it was like that where you really just, you don't think so, but, but you get tired in, a, in an awful hurry of women walking around naked, even in, you know, even real life when you think, oh, we're going to go film a movie and there'll be naked ladies. Ladies. They're not ladies, but I'm being, I'm, you know. Being nice. I'm trying, I'm trying even though I'm saying I'm tired of seeing them naked. But I'm just saying, you know, that gets old. I think that's why porno is not as fun, because you do want, you know, you want a little bit of the mystique. You don't want everything put out there all at once.
0: Well, at any rate, the the nakedness is certainly not a good reason to watch this movie,
1: because that's,
0: it's you know, what what makes the movie to me is the the absurdity of the concept. And then the, the gore is pretty impressive. And uh, Jenna Jameson, actually, the the, med, the head stripper or whatever, it's as true. a zombie That's is pretty scary. True. The other girls, when they become zombies, the other strippers, not, not so much. But she's actually pretty freaky in some parts. Uh, I think because she's kind of abnormal looking anyway. I mean, I don't want to say that in a mean way because I'm sure that one of her fans will get mad at us. But, you yeah. know, she's had a lot of work done. And her eyes are kind of really large and spaced apart. And so she has a kind of an alien She doesn't look like the girl next door. She looks just a little bit foreign anyway. I do
1: like how this began as a compliment. <laughs> she gives a really what good performance because she's kind of freaky looking and weird and her eyes are messed she's up. She's a little zombie-like kind of, anyway. Yeah, no, she like actually, a real zombie. As close as, close as you can come. She is the
0: only one in the movie that pulled off any kind of scariness at all. So I will give her props on that. She... I don't know about her skills as an actress because there, there really weren't that many lines for her to say in the movie as a normal character. So, but as a scary character, she she's, does a pretty decent job in comparison to the other girls. So it's not just that anyone in that makeup would have been scary because the other girls have that on and they're not scary at all. So it's supposed to be funny and it's also got tons of weird political, it's like a political parody Where at the very beginning, they're talking about how Bush has, you know, began his fifth term and he's abolished the Senate and all this other nonsense.
1: (laughs) I like that. What an interesting video. The zombies
0: were, well, the zombies were created by Cheney Company and all this other kind of stuff, you know. I mean, just tons of that kind of nonsense. And it's supposed to be funny. They've got a little team of of zombie soldiers called the Z-Force or Z-Team or whatever. And they're, oh, it's just embarrassing. How not funny these guys are! I hate in these movies sci-fi originals, and this to me really felt like a sci-fi original, except that it had, you know, violence and language and nudity in well, it. Well,
1: that wasn't cut out. Sci-fi originals do
0: yeah, have I that guess as so. well. This would be a perfect sci-fi original if they could find a way to blur it out and
1: Which stuff. They it, it had it. that
0: tone. Lord, maybe. where the Z Force Army team were just. You know, they all had long hair and they all looked like they were about 19 and they were all kind of overweight and didn't look like soldiers in any conceivable way. The one girl on the team was always wearing a shirt tied up, seeing her stomach, and she had, you know, fake breasts and everything. I mean,
1: just ridiculous. There was one funny part where they... um and it was actually on a deleted scene.
0: It wasn't. They they cut it out of the movie. The one thing I thought was funny, <laughs> oh, <no>. where the, <laughs> the it's true the Z Force guys arrive, and um, he's like, "What are we here for?" And he's like, "The guy says, um, yeah, we're here for believe it or not, zombies." And then the soldier guy stops dead in his tracks. And he's like, "You called us over here for some bees?" I said, "No, zombies." Oh, and I thought that was a cute that line. Was the funny part. That was the funniest line to me, and that <laughs> got cut out of the movie.
1: Oh, no. I don't know why.
0: Why couldn't they keep keep that one line?
1: I'm guessing because it wasn't funny.
0: Well, it was. Anyway, so don't waste your time with it, I guess, unless you're just going to watch it knowing that it's... it's.
1: Yeah, because if it were on sci-fi, trying you wouldn't to get be to funny. see any nudity, and that would be annoying.
0: I don't like movies that try to be funny. And and are campy, and so they're not. I guess it's hard to pull off camp intentionally. Like Jason X and stuff like that. I think is funny in places. And uh, Jason versus Freddy is awesome. It's really funny. And some of the the later Chucky movies, like Bride of Chucky and stuff, they pull it off. But but really, it's rare to find a movie that's legitimately funny. And intentionally campy.
1: I think you have funny. to you know have funny people trying to be scary, like, you know, Evil Dead. Those guys weren't funny by accident. They were actually funny. But they were trying to make horror, and they you know, made it slapsticky, and it worked. But if you're trying to be slapsticky because you want to be like Evil Dead, that's not going to work. Because yeah, you I have don't to think actually can fake be funny. funny. You can't fake funny. Like, I, I couldn't stress this enough, you know, you can be funny by accident, but you can't fake funny. Like, there are things that you may be trying to be serious and then you end up doing something funny, but it's still legitimately funny. But you can't just think, oh, I should do something funny right here and then have it be funny. That's where the 80s went, you know, with all those action movies where the one-liners got so popular. And then they were just saying stupid things in the middle of every scene, and it was so obnoxious yeah. because there was literally a point where they wrote in the script somewhere say something cool, and then they came back later and tried to fill in the blank. It was like uh, it was like Mad Libs version of screenwriting.
0: Even even Arnold so fell like, into that a couple yeah, times. Really, the weird. they of the you one shoot one a guy is. and
1: just go weena. I'm sorry. The line it just said pick a noun. Maybe where he kills the alligator and he's now. like
0: your luggage. But that that's not a good line, to, dude.
1: This is the, that's one of his worst movies. What is that? Eraser. Yeah,
0: you've been erased. Yeah, it's fun to do that line. Which
1: but. is a terrible. <laughs> your luggage. <laughs> it's, no. You're tough. You're tough talking an alligator. <laughs> that's hard. That's and hard. Arnold,
0: and that's Arnold, the king of the one-liners.
1: Yeah, but he never—he didn't write any of his awesome I know,
0: I'm one-liners. just saying that if he can't he, pull he it off, it's not a good one-liners.
1: Line. Oh, he did some terrible movies. That's not even the worst. If you want to hear the worst Arnold one-liners, which might be some of the worst one-liners, period, you got to watch The Running Man.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: I'm not even sure there was a script for that movie. That's a
0: good movie, though. I like Running Man.
1: No, watch it. <laughs> it's a fun one. And I guess, in a way, it's not a post-apocalyptic, but it is a future gone wrong Yeah, movie. it's
0: definitely a dystopia or something. It's
1: Yeah, I would say, yeah, if you want to say one of the versions, we were going over in the last episode the different versions of apocalypse, the different kinds, and we didn't touch on this one, but I think a government apocalypse is a genre that gets touched on. How do you mean? You could call... Well, the dystopian future, like you said, that where it's not like either it's post-apocalyptic and somebody took over and, you know, a new government formed and civilization has gone completely awry, or it's just in fear of an apocalypse that happened, like in V for Vendetta, you know, especially the movie V for Vendetta, because it was trying, you know, it was allegorical to some of some more modern political turns, but. That was what happened in there, where they were playing off of people's fear, and this totally fascist regime took over.
0: Remember that movie Fortress with uh, Christopher yeah. Lambert?
1: Yes. that I guess that, that would be also a government a government apocalypse yeah. dystopia.
0: They lock people up for oh, having that babies. Count. Yeah. Red, Fortress is actually on my list. Now 70's that you say that Fortress, I've,
1: I wrote, yeah, that's Kurtwood Smith. I believe. Am I?
0: I'll take your word for it. No. I don't
1: know. I, that may not be correct. Now I feel like I should look it up. Clarence Boddicker from uh, RoboCop.
0: That's a a, a good movie but from the vault.
1: That was a good one. Yeah, I actually do have Fortress on my government. Um, I I guess Fortress. You know, what's even worse than Fortress that is Fortress Two, where it's actually in space. I don't
0: believe I've had the pleasure of seeing that. It Sounds awesome.
1: It's not. It's not good but uh, there's lots of dystopian futures that are not apocalypse necessarily. Yeah,
0: I don't like, think I uh, count that as apocalyptic.
1: Fahrenheit 451, Equilibrium. Yeah, Did you ever it's... see that movie with Christian Bale? No. It's a uh-uh. that's a Fahrenheit 451 where they're not allowed to feel emotions. Though it's it's kind of cool. It's much cooler than it seems like and it has they developed this this martial art where you where you fight with guns called you do gun katas where they actually yeah. like, fight people hand-to-hand close quarters with their guns when you're too close to try to shoot somebody. <laughs> it's very weird. Well, that's interesting. You know what? Here, One that mixes the two, THX-1138 1138 or 1138, that's also a good dystopian future. I don't think that that's following an apocalypse, though. But I actually think that in his early days, Lucas was on his way to being a brilliant director. But that's a good one. One that brings them all together, though, that is a dystopian government fascist future that is also post-apocalyptic, though, is Logan's Run. That does follow a nuclear apocalypse, but it's where (laughs) the future is so out of control that they they try to control the population by killing people like after the age of 30 and pretending they're not. Very, very clever. It's very 70s in the special effects and the visuals, but it's a very clever story.
0: Was it based on something, like on a book?
1: A bu- it was based on a book, and there was a TV show for a while, and there was all this talk. There's been talk for years about making another Logan's Run that is a that is a, a more direct adaptation of the book. But I think the movie with Michael York is a lot of fun. You were asking, could we do a movie from v- the Vault? But these are these are all kind of movies from the Vault. Yeah. I guess I was going to talk about a boy. Have you a- ever heard of a, a boy and his dog? I've heard of that it. Don Johnson movie? Yeah, I've never seen that. It's been so long since I've seen it. I don't want to talk about it too much, but that's a good one. It's about Don Johnson
0: and his dog. It's about Don Johnson. How can you lose? <laughs>
1: But it's it's a weird one. I wish I could remember more about it. I'm trying to remember did the dog actually talk Lord. in the movie? I want to say he was like had a psychic link to the dog and could talk to the dog for real.
0: It's just it's getting worse.
1: Yeah, super intelligent, telepathic dog.
0: <laughs> now you now I want to see it.
1: <laughs> you have to see it. This is a great one because it is a post nuclear apocalypse. It's very weird. And it's co-written by Harlan Ellison, too, so... Hello! Survivors! Oh, thank heavens you're alive! The radiation has killed almost everyone else. Here, I found some water in the bottom of a garbage can. It's not Ebion, but it'll keep the vultures away. For now. Good thinking. We should ration. But we must move quickly. A violent gang of thugs have been tormenting the Wasteland. Stealing supplies and savagely murdering anyone who gets in their way. They already killed my wife. And they'll kill us if we don't find shelter. It's just like Mad Max 2, the road warrior. Not, not the one with Tina Turner, but the one before that one with the gyrocopter guy.
0: I find it fascinating, I guess, the, the trends that were established way back when in post-apocalyptic movies that, that are still held to pretty firmly today like that movie that came out recently that i haven't seen yet what's it called the doomsday, doomsday. it really looked not good and the trailers and the photos i saw to fit squarely right into that mad max kind of look and feel for a movie
1: and that's clearly what they were going for Well, that's one of the things wilson was talking about so apparently in the future people will just they'll go crazy to songs by the fine young cannibals well, they eat people they will actually listen to fine young well, cannibals.
0: They're, you know, he's not lost on them.
1: I know. We're traditionalists. I know this band wasn't even good when it was around, when it was popular. Maybe in post-apocalyptic Scotland, it'll be difficult for them to get a hold of good music while they have apparently access to everything else.
0: And even movies like the the last Resident Evil movie they made, Same Kind of World. I find it it's fascinating to me that the these they stick they stick to so closely to this aesthetic that they've established. There are certain things that apparently, and even Waterworld follows this to some degree, even though instead of desert, which all the others are in, it's it's water, a desert of water. But there there are certain things that if you're gonna,
1: where he goes to the base of the ocean to find planting soil. That it wouldn't be so full of salt that you couldn't possibly plant anything there. It's ridiculous. That they wouldn't develop hydroponics, which we have now, also ridiculous. And that he somehow has like a little machine that will convert his urine to drinking water. But they don't have a process of desalinization. We could go on for weeks about how bad water
0: world is. That's a whole different episode. Don't, I mean, that stuff you're talking about is, is small. Let's, Let's jump change. There's much bigger problems in that movie. <laughs> yeah. Like like the oil tanker, for example, <laughs> you're scratching that they the live on and, and apparently never run out of fuel for. At any rate, um, if you're going to live in a post-apocalyptic world, and I'm assuming this was a nuclear exchange that created this world and somehow the radiation has all passed and now it's just a matter of getting on with it. There's certain things that you just apparently have to do. Like you have to grow a, some kind of funky, weird haircut. Preferably a mohawk, but you could <laughs> just do a lot of weird braids. I think in Waterworld, he's got the braid thing going on where he's just got random long braids mixed in with short hair.
1: Yeah, the body art, the tattoos and the piercings, that starts to become something you I have can to do.
0: I can maybe understand that with tattoos that you're, Branding yourself because a lot of these guys will belong in some kind of cult or club or tribe, I guess. After the civilization breaks down, you know.
1: And maybe they're trying to say the whole world becomes like prison because in prison they actually do. Have well, that they kind have of the crap. tattoos,
0: but they don't but have I the don't mohawks, they don't, and they don't have the piercings. They're not
1: wearing tires. Now, the in the Yeah, that's. I don't,
0: that. I don't even know where to begin. You have to have as many random so layers really of nonsense on you as possible. I guess they're saying.
1: That gets on my nerves. That that's the Matrix thing, because it's like you guys could build a spaceship that <laughs> yeah. flies around the core of the earth, but you can't make a damn or you shirt. Can't patch. Like the you holes come in, in and Theo is wearing a shirt that's like ripped all the way across and just kinda like stitched like along the stitch. Like you can't make a shirt. <laughs> But you made this spaceship. I know, it's the shirt looks like a...
0: it's a potato sack with holes in it. <laughs>
1: yeah, really. But you're flying around in a spaceship, basically. It's a flying ship that goes under the Earth.
0: Well, you know, computer technology, because they can jack into the Matrix, that, that's a lot easier to get than fabric in the future.
1: I guess. We can build a whole ship. But, man, you know, fabric's hard to come by.
0: It's like these guys. I'm looking at a picture now from one of the Mad Max movies, and it's a guy who has apparently, well, he's got a red mohawk and uh, like a black beard, so you know the mohawk's dyed because hair dye apparently is easy to get in the They'll
1: future. be able to do that, yeah. you get got to set a standard.
0: You know, he's got the white face paint, of course. He's got the feathers on his shoulders, like a whole bunch of big feathers, because, you know, what's more practical than gluing feathers to your shoulder?
1: <laughs> there's, a, there's some, it makes me think, though, maybe there's some feasibility to this because maybe that guy made himself up with, you know, whatever he had. I guess. He's like, "Look, man, this is ridiculous. I got white paint, feathers, red dye. What am I going to do?" Like, "Look, man, make it work for you. Make lemonade, okay?" Well, he also it's a post has apocalypse. Not everybody has red dye.
0: What appears to be like football pad, shoulder pads <laughs> yeah. that are like painted black and they've got grenades hanging off of it. <laughs> and sort he's got like
1: what a, what a 5-year-old would wear to school if no one would stop him. <laughs> yeah. Is how the Mad Max decor develops.
0: And he's got gauntlets. Where did he find gauntlets? I live in a world now where I can buy anything I want, and I don't know where I'd find gauntlets.
1: <laughs> Maybe in the world of Mad Max, the only place left standing was the flea market. You know I how sometimes expensive. Think that if it goes down and I need like some medieval weapons and some weird stuff, like a crossbow and some swords, I could go to the flea market. I could get that stuff. If I want a Thundercat sword, done. Anything useful? No. So maybe maybe somehow when every else, everything else got carpet bombed, the flea market was still
0: standing. The whole world just becomes a flea market, I guess.
1: <laughs> That's their theory. Just becomes one big swap meet. All the good stuff is gone, but all we have left is the crap. You know, you know the only movie that really did that right, even though this movie wasn't good, was that was George Romero's like Land of the Dead. Where it was like the rich people just hold themselves up and kept all the good stuff. And that's what makes you think that's how the Mad Max stuff happens. That made sense. That's what happened in Doomsday. In Doomsday, you know, they have like some kind of plague and the rest, it's in Scotland. And the rest of the world just walls it all off and quarantines them.
0: Australia wasn't available. (laughs)
1: Yeah, Australia dodged the bullet on that one because it's not landlocked, I guess. Or not close enough, but in in that you know they just wall off the part that's bad, and that it becomes like this forbidden zone, and I forget it's it's so escape from New York is what it really is, because what happens is they they end up needing something from this forbidden zone, and they send What's her face off to go get it. So really, I didn't really think about it, but it's totally the plot to Escape, yeah. escape from New Which York. Which is
0: also kind of a post-apocalyptic because, look.
1: Yeah, it's a, micro, it's a post-apocalypse in a microcosm where they created one.
0: So I guess in any, what we're saying, apparently, not we, but what Hollywood is saying that if, in their opinion, if society ever breaks down and there is no law and order, this is what things are going to inevitably look like. There's no getting around it. Everyone's going yeah, to have apparently. mohawks.
1: I have no idea how they arrived yeah. at this conclusion. It, it'd be interesting to find the first appearance
0: of this kind of stuff. Because
1: and... even in Escape from New York, they were sort of dressed like that. Like, You're the two K okay, number you one! You know how
0: expensive leather is now? And yet, in the future, everyone can, is wearing it like it's nothing. Everyone has yeah, fitted leather outfits. A
1: greasy weirdo.
0: Another thing you have to do... And, I mean, we could go on about the fashion for, for days. I'm looking at a picture now of Tina Turner from that other Mad Max movie, and she's got this, like, full-out chain-link d- dress <laughs> that's got just layer after layer. Well, she's and She's got these huge, crazy earrings. You have to get yourself some kind of transportation, obviously. You know, how are you going to get across the desert? And um, the best thing to do is is to trick out some kind of dune buggy Put spikes all over it, fencing.
1: She finds some fancy brand new car, though, that they're trying to product place, I guess. What kind of car? Is it some BMW or Mercedes or something that she gets hold of in that movie?
0: That's that's really lame. It's in the commercial. That's not at all post-apocalyptic. It is totally lame. I mean
1: because everything else is totally apocalyptic. I mean, that movie does it all, because she ends up in the like Mad Max style. We're eating people for no reason, and we're dancing to fine young cannibals while we're wearing tires or some (laughs) crap. And then she escapes from that, and because they're in Scotland, she gets to like a place where the other clique is holed up in a medieval castle, and they're pretending to be knights. That is awesome. (laughs) You would think so. I don't know where it went wrong, but you'd think so. It does sound like they had all sounds like they had all the right Zombie ingredients. Zombies
0: do this too, where you'll you'll get a vehicle and and you'll armify it. I know that's not a real word, but you'll you'll put chain link fence at- all across the at- windshield. At- you'll put it. spotlights on top, some kind of mounted weapon. And well, what's interesting is they accessorize the cars the same way they accessorize themselves. They put lots of needless junk all over them.
1: Yeah, apparently, like. The only people who will survive have no actual taste. It's
0: like, I survive. found a bunch of neckerchiefs. We'll tie it around your pants leg. What else are you well, going to do with them?
1: Yeah. What are you telling me about it for? Like, nobody likes to accessorize more than poked apocalyptic zombie weirdos.
0: Another thing you'll notice that they all oh, do, it seemingly, is they always hook up with either, like, a small person, you know, what, what some would call a midget, or or a weird little kid, yeah. like a feral child that doesn't speak English or anything.
1: Which Mad Max does both. <laughs> Mad Max has it all. They got midgets and feral kids and everything.
0: I like how the, the kids are always just <laughs> filthy. Because, I guess, because they're wild children.
1: Cause no, yeah, no one's there to tell them to take a bath.
0: Even, you know, what's weird is in Waterworld, they live on boats, surrounded by an entire planet of water, and yet they're all filthy too. They can't figure out how to get any of that water on their face and clean it up.
1: Well, well, everything about Waterworld makes me mad, to be perfectly honest. Everything about it is wrong. It couldn't be worse in concept. And Waterworld is, worst of all, an ecological cautionary tale. Because their idea, I guess, is global warming melted the ice caps, and now there's no <laughs> land. Well, I'll
0: buy that. Even I'll, I'm willing to accept that. <laughs> I'm willing to forgive that because it's a movie. You, you want some kind of you know crazy future, but yeah, the fashion doesn't make any sense.
1: Yeah, but here's the problem, and this is I'm gonna call it now. I'm gonna call it now on uh, the day the earth stood still remake. Because now, now I'm starting to get. It doesn't from the look like a very
0: good movie to me. This is so going far. to be an
1: ecological cautionary tale movie. Yeah, it doesn't gonna, look anything like the original. It first of all, it looks like they're getting it all wrong, and I'm, you know, maybe they're advertising it wrong. But here's the take that I have on the Day the Earth Stood Still remake. What I'm seeing is that the aliens are mad that we're screwing up the Earth. And they have sent right. Plateau down, Canoe down, to set us straight. So, and that could not be further from the concept of the original film. Because the actually, the concept of the original film was the opposite. The concept of the original film was... We don't care what you do on your planet, but you have now developed the ability to travel in space. And if you bring your crap out here, then the fascist society of robots that that we created to police us will blast you back to the Stone Age. But now it sounds like what I'm seeing is they're mad that human beings aren't taking care of the Earth and they're coming down to say the Earth is not yours. Blah, 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 blah. Big robot canoe. Canoe barata nicto. (laughs) Well, that's, if, you know... If that's the concept, I'm going to be
0: mad because... Sign of the times. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that.
1: But The Day the Earth Stood Still very cleverly did not point out any particular wrongdoing of the human race. It was clearly at the time created as a nuclear scare movie because we were afraid that we had developed the technology that could destroy us. But it used sci-fi to create the metaphor for that, that it didn't say, if you guys go nuclear, the, all this will go down. The metaphor was that if you guys don't get your act together, then you have evolved to the point where you can cause your own destruction. In the movie, presented as if you take your warring ways into space, robots will destroy you. But now they've taken that beautiful concept and they're trying to apply it to a specific issue they want to address. The timelessness of the original movie being negated, they're going to make a remake that's going to be outdated in 10 years. Like all Canoe well, movies, by the way. Canoe, stop being so specific, man. I don't think that, that they're trying to make
0: a movie that's going to last the ages the way that other one did. They're just trying to make a big summer hit.
1: I don't think they're trying at all. So why drag a sci-fi classic?
0: That's why the they remake... This
1: is one of my favorite movies. Because they're not I even keeping the story. Sci-fi. So it's
0: not that the story is something they're interested in. It's just because people will recognize it as a name. And... But But do
1: they really recognize it? The only people that recognize it are people that are recognized that you're screwing it up. I don't know, man. I think this started out as an earnest effort to remake the movie, and then it went wrong in a hurry. But but it's too early. I'm just making that prediction. They might have it completely right, and I'm being wrong to say that. But that's what I'm getting. I'm getting that that's where they're headed with it. And I'm not having it.
0: Hear I'm me enraged canoe. beyond words
1: <laughs> yeah really. It doesn't sound like it but I am but I, but I am fully enraged. Uh, some Lynn sent us some some apocalypse tips to help us. She actually cool. suggested some books that I had never heard of but there's apparently a series of books that has an, an Armageddon an apocalypse in Australia. And it's a post apocalypse and it's about all these people who survive it and the things they do, and she says that it's quite clever. But apparently the first book is called Tomorrow When the War Began by James Mar- by John Marsden. Have not heard of it. Sounds interesting though. She also keeps pushing a book called World War Z that I gotta read. But it's like a zombie, post apocalypse zombie move book. Written by the same guy who wrote the zombie survival guide, which I did not really like that much. But she says it's much better. In the world, War, I think that's Max Brooks wrote that. So the I other like his two name. Her recommendations. What'd you call me?
0: I said I like his name.
1: I like a Max L. Brooks. Brooksimus
0: Maximus. Yeah, that was me in Roman times.
1: Yeah, she had some bu- some pre-apocalypse tips.
0: All right, so like, this is before the fashion gets nutty, and we yes, pick up yeah. the the fear. Well, children. Yeah, her
1: pre-apocalypse tips are more practical, and they're also shorter. Find a place to hold up, get lots of fuel, make a battle van. <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> all good tips, all good tips, all things we've covered.
0: We need yes. to expand upon that now. What 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 entails a battle van?
1: We could probably do a whole episode on this because this is complicated. I did like the idea in the Dawn of the Dead where they just put slits on the side so they can stick a chainsaw yeah. out while they're driving <laughs> by. That's pretty brutal. That's a good that's a good idea. That's very practical. Cause really the only thing else they do that you that a normal person might be able to do is just reinforce it with what other other kind of metal they can find.
0: Yeah, like I said, just put chain link fence all across your
1: windshield. Yeah, who knows? That's a good tip. Chicken wire? People could do that. I mean, it doesn't have to be nice looking. You know, it just has to hold up under under pressure. You know, it has to not get caught in the wheels while you're trying to drive. You know, these are the things you got to think about. I'm not all that convinced. You don't need to get that. all that's... A-team. The A-team were always, I don't know yeah. why.
0: I'm not all that convinced, personally, that a chain link fence would would provide any protection at all. That stuff's not very strong, really. But that's just me. Never mind.
1: Yeah, depending on the scenario, she does say, you know, getting a Mohawk might help you fit in with the crazies. But if they're not everywhere, you might get mistook for a crazy by some government type and get shot.
0: I say really really ought to go with with the shaved head, head. because with that, you can fit in with the crazies or the military guys. You can kind of swing it both ways.
1: She was about doomsday. She said you could find an old castle to hole up in, but you have to avoid getting caught under some kind of lunatic who wants to be your lord and master, which also seems to happen in in post-apocalypses. Like, apparently movies say we'll be so starved for leadership that whatever weirdo Steps up to the microphone, yeah. will become the lord of. I liked everything. actually, and uh, and then apparently in, uh, you have to avoid the
0: postman. You ever see that movie? It's it's all right. Mm hmm. Where you said well, he used you to know, sell. I like the part where something? they run into Tom Petty, they're, and uh, he's actually playing. They never say Tom Petty, but they're like, "Hey, weren't you?" And he's like, "Yeah." So they actually make it out like he is Tom Petty or whatever. I like the idea that he becomes yeah. the leader because I do but, believe that that is. That does
1: that a celebrity would have a better life yeah. up. Yeah, in
0: America, if you are a respected celebrity, I do believe people, the average person, would probably look to you for leadership, Clearly, they would be the, willing any to Any kind listen. of
1: recognition will be in your favor. And someone who everybody knows, you know, when if they're already so starving for leadership that they'll go with the first mohawk weirdo that tells you to eat people, they <laughs> they probably follow Tom Petty in that scenario.
0: So I thought that was. A clever, a clever thing. The The postman is, I don't remember if it follows the fashion rules or not. I can't remember what it was like.
1: They've got some pretty weird looking dudes and there's a lot of desert. I don't know why they keep thinking we'll have a nuclear war, that everything's a desert and people will live. The places that get made into deserts, probably everyone will die of radiation. So it's probably the only the nice places that people will still live in if you're in the place that got bombed, then you probably will yeah just doesn't get sick that stuff last like
0: ten thousand years? I mean, it's not like it just blows yeah, over. Yeah, lasts forever.
1: There's like still places you can't yeah. go now, you know. Cause we bombed that's where them. the hills
0: have eyes, folks come from.
1: Yeah, that's where the hill mutants come from, apparently. Government testing. She she recommends avoiding large groups, which I've always said. I actually got into this conversation. I don't, I don't I don't want to make a political thing about it but I mean this really happened where you know trying to get good deals day after Thanksgiving people actually stomped someone to death to get into yeah, a Walmart
0: well, just one guy but it was it, it was
1: well, I said someone what do you I mean you just said, one like I some you said he's people. someone
0: like stomped some people
1: people stomped one yeah. guy it was more than one people they they broke through the doors to get their good deals and they they killed they killed a clerk and didn't want to stop shopping, <laughs> America, when the cops told them they had to leave because they killed someone they didn't want to. Uh,
0: like, I'm sorry about that. I Ooh, really am. But, that, but I got to get to my.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry about him, feet. but the damage is done. You know, I need a plasma. Sorry. You know, but if you don't let me get my deal on an Xbox, then pretty much he died for nothing.
0: I, I went out. Okay, I, I don't even know that. This is another one of those where my my ignorance of foreign culture is will astound you, but. I I assume that other countries don't celebrate Thanksgiving. It's an American holiday, and uh, I don't know if they're aware of the I day after Thanksgiving the, being called Black Friday. The Black Friday because that's when stores go into the black. Probably not because this
1: is such a ridiculously American concept. Well, it's the biggest shopping day big of the holiday. year
0: because it's the day.
1: Because we said well, so. Well, it's the
0: day where the Christmas season officially supposedly starts, and it um they have a lot of big sales and stores will open at midnight or at five a.m. and they do all these kooky yeah. things.
1: If if you don't watch CNN, this is how the build-up. They have people stay, like literally waiting. I, can you imagine that I don't go to a Walmart for any reason, but some people will actually camp out to get into a Walmart?
0: And the reason they do that is because I did, I did, there did, are did, sales did, that happen did, that did, morning, and then they end at like 8 a.m. Yes, or because, 9 a.m. or something.
1: Because Christmas will be ruined if everyone doesn't shop on Black Friday. That's, that, according to CNN.
0: Well, that's when...
1: CNN every year has a story about how Christmas is ruined because we're not buying enough. One hour after reporting that we killed someone to get into Walmart, CNN came in and said, you're just not doing enough. It's like, I don't know how we're doing. How are we falling behind? We kill people to get
0: the sales. Well, I was going to say I went out that morning because there was a hard drive at Target I wanted to get that was half off just for that morning. So, And there was nobody when I went. It was not. I mean, it was normal kind of crowd but it was it certainly wasn't people so i don't know what was going on at that one it's Walmart.
1: particularly the walmart crowd well
0: i maybe i looked at a the uh problem. there's a website you can look at the day before and it has all the deals so you can kind of plan out what you want to do it has you know all the deals at all the stores i, I looked at the walmart one and i didn't see anything i didn't they had some really good deals at target on um on HDTVs and stuff, and and but people were just kind of politely picking it up and putting, you know, it was crowded, but it wasn't anything like that.
1: I don't, I don't shop most of those kind of places throughout the years. Walmart, especially. I like Target, but I won't go to Walmart. Well, it, I certainly don't shop the day after Thanksgiving. But I wasn't trying to make a thing about that because there's uh, we I could go on forever about Christmas and Christmas shopping. How was that
0: related to apocalyptic? But uh, I don't remember. Avoid crowds.
1: That's right. Well, I was going. That's I was right. trying to make a point about mob mentality, and now I don't even remember. Then, then
0: I got all mad.
1: Was that, that was how I got on it. But it some I know that was the the impetus for what I was trying to say. But avoid large groups. <laughs> that's what it came down to. And that's why, because in a non-apocalyptic scenario, it is still possible for a group of to kill someone for no reason. And maybe not even know they did it. So definitely, yeah. if it's already life or death, you don't want to be in the midst of a big group. I would say when you've hit double digits, you got too many people. Less than 10. I really hold to that. I think that's true in normal endeavors in real life. Any group larger than 10 is up to no good by nature. But definitely— The post-apocalyptic
0: world, though, on the other hand, to survive, it, it seems like you have to get hooked up with some kind of tribe.
1: I think a tribe, but I still think less than 10 because less than 10 people is enough that you can bond with. Yeah. I think you can bond with people at that level. You can have a personal relationship at that level. I think anything more than that, there's people that you don't necessarily know who you're hanging out with. That's a bad, that's a bad sign when that happens. There could be other agendas. Then it turns survivor, you know, where they start having these alliances and plotting against people. When the group is large enough to break down into subgroups, that's when, you know, that's when it starts to get up to no good. Interesting. So I think that's something you need to think about. And you know, also a group of ten or more starts to attract attention, which you don't want. You never want attention. Well, I guess in the post- it depends on if. A post-apocalypse if it's a zombie apocalypse especially so because the zombies when you're in a big enough group will come want to eat everybody if it's something else you know you don't want your group to be big enough that another group sees you as a threat or wants to assimilate you well, what if
0: you're you know, the kind of guy though it. that want to be the guy that assimilates the other one That so wants to take over in that case you do need a big group
1: well i'm not we're not we're not giving tips to those guys screw that guy I, if you're going to become that guy, then you shoot yourself in the head when the post-apocalypse happens because you're no good to the world. I'm trying to tell you to, how to maintain your humanity when all is lost. I'm trying to tell you how to become well, you've that guy. you lost me. That guy's the problem. I'm all about being that guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, at some point, if it goes down between you and People me. People looking
0: for you, too, when it goes down.
1: Somebody. I'll send is, my mohawked soldiers probably, out
0: on their dune buggies.
1: Say so look for Someday, small groups. That's it'll where you'll come down Joe to just dope. you or me, and then it'll be just me. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good line to tell somebody if you need <laughs> to use it. One day it'll come down to you or me, and then it'll be just me. <laughs> but you have to watch out for that kind of stuff. The doomsday thing. Lynn suggests getting yourself a gyrocopter.
0: Now that is awesome.
1: Because she believes they run on pedal power, which is very clever.
0: I don't believe that's true. I don't see how that could possibly be true.
1: But if anything but pedal powered stuff, maybe a boat, anything pedal powered sounds like a good idea.
0: Yeah, now a a boat I'll buy, like a paddle boat.
1: Anything that doesn't use gas is what she's suggesting. Yeah, I'll buy that. Everyone in Doomsday, that Doomsday movie seems to have it, but no one knows why. But they, they have they all have cars.
0: Well, they're all post-apocalyptic movies they always have cars. That, that even though today we're but running the road out of Warrior, fossil fuel, it works
1: because in the Road Warrior, the treasure of that world was was gasoline. Yeah, which makes sense. They were always going after gasoline, so it made sense that they had cars because they were just going they were marauding place to place to find gasoline to continue their marauding. So it worked in Road Warrior. Why everybody else in the post apocalypse has cars I don't know because apparently it's it's hard to come by gas in our world which is supposedly, you know, civilized. Yeah. We don't always have and gas.
0: And they're never driving you know? in these worlds where gas is precious. They're never driving small fuel efficient vehicles. They're always driving these huge
1: No. Trucks. <laughs> giant trucks. Is that some kind of metaphor when society breaks down we'll still be doing that? But that's something you have to think about. I like the idea of finding, of having something solar-powered.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: But, you know, if we had crap like that, we probably wouldn't have an apocalypse. Yeah. If we lived in that kind of world, we wouldn't have to have apocalypses at all. We could all live on rainbows and moonbeams.
0: All live on smiles and hugs.
1: Yeah, nice. Perf- yeah, of course we'll have solar-powered cars after the apocalypse. Can't seem to make it happen before the apocalypse, but I'm sure we'll get people right on it. When society folds, one thing more practical that she says is getting dogs. They seem handy for all sorts of things. I could not agree more. They're good for Terminators. I'm sure they'd be good for like a mohawked weirdo if he came at you.
0: Well, I've got two. They're
1: good. That's pre apocalypse, it's good to have dogs. They know when people are coming. I know that. My dog loses his ass when somebody's just walking outside the house. So I'm sure like if a guy like if the hill mutants were coming he would probably he would probably alert me.
0: Dogs are funny that way too though cuz mine are like that they'll hear stuff that I never hear but then sometimes I'll scare them. I will walk into the room and just scare them half to death like ah didn't hear you coming. It's like I wasn't being quiet.
1: Well I think my dog is smarter than your well,
0: dogs. Well un- undoubtedly.
1: Like he knows how many people live in the house. Oh.
0: He can count but, to one.
1: You know what's weird about him, though, is what I worry about is he will lose it if someone's outside the house. But I wonder if some like anyone who makes it inside the house, he automatically assumes they're fine. Yeah. Now, if they kicked in the door, he would probably assume them to be an enemy. But I wonder, like, it, I, clearly I've had people, like, watch the house and watch him when I was gone. And he never is anything but delighted to see them just walk into the house. You know, there's never even a fear that he will be mean to them in any way. And it kind of makes you wonder, you know, I guess if I were in the house and I was agitated by the fact that they had come in, that would, he would pick up on that. But it does seem as a basic rule, when you're outside the house, you're an enemy, when you're inside the house, you're a friend. That seems to be his general rule without any other mitigating circumstances to factor in.
0: Well, it's logical for him.
1: solar powered robots we're not going to be able to get solar powered robots we can't do that now, Lynn I guess you have to
0: assume how distant your, future we're your, talking your
1: thing, that's a utopian you're coming up with utopian solutions for a dystopian world we're not going to have solar power or robots we're not even going to be able to protect ourselves from the ravages of the sun we never
0: seem to have a hard time finding ammunition in these things either
1: I know they always have guns Because you and have stuff. to
0: assume. I mean, realistically, if there's a post-apocalyptic, nightmarish future, there's not going to be factories still operating making ammunition. Shh. So all the ammunition on Earth—that's well, what have got. Well, weirdos can make
1: their own ma- ammunition. It's not hard, not to, hard make. to make bullets ha- that'll fit in a, a gun bug. and
0: not backfire. I—I I don't buy that at all.
1: No, my dad used to have a thing that he could make his own. How? Guns. You can buy them out of a catalog. It's like it's. It's the size of the shell. That's the, that's the hardest part to make it fit your gun. It just has to be the right caliber shell. It doesn't have to be a precise
0: have, size to to go through the rifling and not screw up.
1: You're talking about the slug itself. Yeah, I'm sure it, it has to be a certain size, but that's easy. And where to do. do you it's get lead? Where do
0: you get molten lead or you metal? You don't even
1: need. I mean, you have to have lead, but you could you could smelt lead yourself. It's it melts easy. Now I, I don't want to get too off on a tangent on this as far as you know being like a, a gun crazy but you as far as that you could make your own ammunition pretty easily it doesn't require it doesn't require machinery at all to be honest you have to be able to get hold of lead you have to be able to melt it yourself which a person can do on their own and you have to have a a grinder that could actually press it in and make the bullet so really, the hardest thing that you would have trouble with is the gunpowder.
0: Well, what runs the grinder?
1: Well, it's like it's like a press. You ever had a bad, Have a, ever had a badger minute where you made your own like buttons, kind of things? Yeah, and, well, you need to get with the times, my friend. You never made your own bullets.
0: I'll let you make the ammunition when it comes well, to it. Well, if it
1: comes to it, we better read some books. That's over my head. <laughs> I'm a little behind.
0: You're like, well, that's why there will then
1: there will well, be. Well, I think <laughs> I also think this is a good rule that, that goes back to one of our old ones. If you're uncertain about these sort of things, make sure you have at least one friend who knows this kind of crap before it goes down, and hope that he's not so gung ho that he wants gets to, it first or becomes that weirded out warlord.
0: Who wants to hang out with that guy? You know what I mean. The problem with that scenario is you, you got to hang out with that guy before this happens, and and really, who well, wants to hang out with that guy.
1: Gun crazies aren't all bad. I guess. Yeah, Horrifying. <laughs> well, well, lots of people. It's America. People like guns. I don't have a problem with guns. I think I don't want to make my own ammo but I can see where it would be useful to know how. Really,
0: I, I, I think it'd be bad easier to, to stockpile it or at least know where you can get access to a, a large stockpile.
1: I'm just saying, if you're in a world, eventually bad guys are going to figure out how to make their own ammunition if in the long term. Because in the short term, guns, you're going to have enough stuff for guns if you're in the right place at the right time anyway you know you'll be able to get hold of bullets for your guns but in the long term if it becomes a feudal state which it almost certainly will you're always going to have to be able to keep a stock of ammunition you'll never reach that cuz when all the zombies are killed off there's still going to be all those people that are glad society went away you're going to be able to protect against them they're going to you're going to need guns against them more so than you did against the zombies
0: you don't really see a lot in movies them having trouble finding food, but I'd imagine that'd be harder to find than gas.
1: Food, yeah, and people would be fighting over it. That's one thing Lynn says is uh hold up in a farm somewhere and either make friends with the farmer or you know get rid of him. Well, he you can't She get recommends getting rid of, him. Getting rid of she it. She recommends holding on to the farmer because he already knows how to manage the farm which you probably
0: don't. Well, yeah, cuz I you know what what good I'd be on a farm? None.
1: I might Say, be I able to learn the my. The plants I might grow. be able to figure out some of the ins and outs of a farm, but it's it's not easy work, you know. I think I could know. I think I could figure out how to keep cows alive, but the first time you had to kill something to make food out of it, and there'd be a lot of waste there.
0: Yeah, it'd Good. be a, that would be a unpleasant situation.
1: Yeah, if when, I don't think when it comes down to me slaughtering a cow, that could be a problem. She also recommends avoiding towns and cities, but thinks, and I'm not sure if I agree with this, but thinks maybe you should hit the city when it first goes down to try to get your plunder on for basic supplies. But I kind of feel like that's uh, a Black Friday situation. I feel like everyone's going to have that impulse.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you a story. When I, and you'll be riveted, I'm sure. When I was a kid, uh, like third grade, I think, cause I was in Virginia. They, they did this little deal every now and then where they would bring books and uh, we'd all get into the lunchroom auditorium and they'd have like a book fair or whatever. And every kid would get to pick out like one free book. And um, they had the, all the books out on these boxes all across the lunchroom and that, but they had one table up at the front where they gave the little announcement before it started and they showed off each book. They're like, you know, this is this book if you want it, a pile of it is over there. This is this book. And one, of course, was a, a little Star Wars book. And you know, every guy in my class is like, oh and that's what everyone wanted. Of course, because it's it's like 1982 or so. It's like right after Empire but you know what I'm saying. Uh-huh. So um when they say, you know, ready, set, go, everyone charges right for that Star Wars book. And I I saw this coming. So I walked casually over to the main table And asked if I could have the copy that they were using to show off. She's like, well, you know, we can't give this away until all the others are gone. And then, you know, she and I both kind of looked over at the table and sure enough, they were instantly gone. So I got that copy. And that's how I think you should, that's the way you should think if things go down. You're like, everyone's pouring into the city to get the bullets and the ammo and the guns. Think to yourself, you know, what other places are not, are people not going to be thinking about (laughs) that have these things?
1: There's a William Blake line. When he wrote the Proverbs of hell, the he says, the fox provides for himself, but God provides for the lion. But somehow I always seem to interpret that fox line more often. It seems like, well, that's true, but it still seems like it works out better to be the fox most of the time. That's what that story reminds me of.
0: Well, you're not because you're not relying on someone else to provide for that's you. That's true. That
1: Exactly. You're not hoping that your nobility pays off. You're just counting on your guile to do it for you.
0: So while everyone's storming into the gun store, think to yourself, you know, what other places have guns? Maybe not a gun store, but some other place like a a National Guard armory or some kinds of place, you know, these small police stations. These places yeah. that have guns.
1: Like in Demolition Man, that's a weird kind of apocalypse because it becomes... A dystopia trying to become a utopia, but but the first the place he goes to get a gun is a museum. Oh, because it's become such a controlled fascist environment with so much gun control that people don't have guns anymore. Not even the cops do. He goes to a museum to get a oh, that's gun. That's interesting. It's the only place that has them.
0: So and of course, not just think guns. Of think think like food that. too. You know, they have food in drug stores. You don't have to go to the grocery store to get food. Canned food. They have that. There's all kinds of convenience stores and stuff that people might not be thinking to raid.
1: I used to say go to an Applebee's or something because they have all that sporting goods equipment on the wall, and then they also have food. But most of those places don't do that kind of crap yeah. anymore. They just have food now. So you may not be able to, to protect yourself. A lot of stores, though, it wouldn't it surprise like me if
0: there was to. a gun behind the counter at a lot of these stores.
1: Yeah, but most of those convenience stores probably still have the guy well, you who gotta, bought that that's, gun. That's something you got to think up about, there. no
0: doubt. I'm just saying, that that's my little parable for you. Don't follow the crowd, you know, just try to think of what other places will provide the same goods. What else she got?
1: Oh, as far as uh, land? Well, one of the things she mentions, I don't agree with necessarily rushing the cities for this kind of stuff, but one of the things that she says you should try to get a hold of is a bicycle.
0: Bicycles because are always it always sandy. moves on
1: its. always manpower, mm-hmm. which is a good. It thing. It depends on
0: where you live and a, because, and a little um,
1: trailer. She also recommends on stocking up on condoms because you don't want to be you don't want to be having any babies, which I think is funny because her robot her robot advice actually advised having babies because that's the only way to fight the robot threat is to procreate. It depends. So I guess. You know, she's really mindful of what kind of apocalypse you're in, so I appreciate
0: that. What if, though, is there no—is there? Is there any—I wonder if the nuclear fallout would affect fertility at all, if that would even be an issue.
1: <laughs> so we're saying as a plus, we might all be rendered sterile anyway? I'm just saying. Well, I think that you know a lot of people don't think in terms of stuff like condoms. But probably, if you went into a place while everybody else is killing you, themselves for like food and stuff, if you took like all the condoms, you probably, no, certainly would have more than you would ever need. But also, you have a pretty valuable commodity. That's true. That could be a, that could be a currency of the new world because people aren't going to think of it right away. But after a while, you know they're going to revert back to wanting to have you know consequence free sex and there's nobody making condoms anymore, you have a gnat. That'd be like having cigarettes, which is probably, I think, another good commodity to keep hold of.
0: There's a guy uh, on one of those...
1: Cigarettes and condoms. That's what you get. When everyone else is getting guns and food, cigarettes and condoms.
0: There's a guy on one of those Coast to Coast shows talking about apocalyptic futures and stuff, and he said that what he's apparently actually doing, not just talking about but he's actually doing is stockpiling spices because he thinks that, you know, just like in medieval times or whatever, spices will be a very uh, expensive commodity in the future
1: for people. to. It's certainly not a bad thing to have because worst case scenario, you're in a world where all you can make is rice to live on. You know, spices would make or break a meal in that world.
0: So there's some, some sense but in
1: that. I think stockpiling anything because the apocalypse is coming is probably stupid. I'm sorry. I used to know a guy who was stockpiling gold and silver because he thought the currency system would crash, and he felt like precious metals would all be valuable. But I feel like if if the system crashes to the point that the monetary system crashes, then people will probably be more preoccupied with with real life problems than yeah, they will
0: food with will be more valuable than gold.
1: So-called precious metals, gold is actually not very valuable, to be honest with you, just like diamonds. You know, it's kind of everywhere. It's a it's a fake value that we've assigned it. Gold, really think about it.
0: It's useless. Actually, gold and diamonds both have a lot of industrial uses. That's why they they put gold but on the industry space
1: will completely fail. No, in I'm a saying in a
0: post-apocalyptic world. world. Yes, I'm saying in a uh, yeah
1: that that paradigm will be out. I but I. She says water purifiers, but I wonder how how easy are those to obtain? What do you mean by purifiers?
0: They've made one now for uh, third world countries that charities are giving out that it's a handheld thing about the size of a, like a two liter and uh, you you, you can dip it into any river and, and it actually purifies the water through filters and so you can drink from it.
1: Yeah, that would be very handy. I don't know how available those will be to us when society falls, but surely if you can get all of that. Yeah, that'd be a very
0: handy thing to have.
1: Solar power generators. Yeah, okay, good luck.
0: (laughs) There's not going to be any sun after the world blows up.
1: Yeah, this list is pretty pie in the sky if you ask me, Lynn. Solar power generators. I don't know where to get one of those now. I'm certainly not going to know it when, you know, when some motorcycle riding mohawk freak is trying to bite me because he doesn't want to be bothered with finding food even though it's everywhere these posts i watched a movie called tooth and nail which is a pretty new post apocalypse movie which is pretty flimsy in every possible way first of all the premise is simply that the world runs out of gas period yeah. which i think is dumb because even where we've had situations where you can't find gas in your area, like happened to you guys in Atlanta, the world was nowhere near running out of gas. That was a management issue.
0: Well, if it is a uh, a fossil fuel and an, an un, a limited resource, then sooner or later it will happen.
1: Yeah, but I'm... Well, We we had this argument. I still believe that the... That when gas is in danger of actually being tapped out completely, we'll have plenty of time to develop one of the many alternative fuels that we already have access to. We just haven't bothered.
0: With yeah, the, well, the with economy – I don't mean the economy of, of our economy, but I mean the the, the e- economics of it didn't make sense until it became a rare commodity because it's expensive to yeah. develop these so other things. I so I think – it's just now starting to make sense. How
1: it will affect people like at our level or below our level, I don't know. But the society won't fold because we run out of gas. Because too many people make too much money off of society that they'll figure out how to make it work when it comes down to that. That wasn't the only thing that was dumb. The other thing that was dumb was that everybody seemed to have plenty of food and plenty of resources. But there was still this roving gang of guys led by Michael Madsen who just – hunted and ate people for no reason (laughs) that's the thing we're really afraid of in the post apocalypse we really think that we are we think that we are like just one bad day away from half the world going cannibal that's a primal fear too it's like zombieism zombieism is also a fear of cannibalism but i guess so but why do we think that just there'll all of a sudden be a bunch of roving groups of people that want to eat people i don't know
0: that is weird
1: that's, I guess it, it's just a primal fear. We think we'll return to a world where we're prey animals even though we're literally the top of the food chain in the entire world.
0: And I guess it's it's the worst taboo we can think of, I guess.
1: <laughs> it, it, it's right up there. It's bad.
0: Does she have more?
1: Uh, let's see. I think she covers most of the things that she said go to a farm this is a good one and i think that that it makes perfect sense especially in light of what we just said avoid eating any meat that you don't see killed yourself it could well be people (laughs) i believe that (laughs) that that is a really good tip if you don't know where the meat came from
0: yeah i really think i'm going to give up meat if we ever get into a post-apocalyptic society because even if you it's, it's Yeah, it's, a good it's idea. No, there's nothing safe about that. That's just that's just not a good idea.
1: She says if a nuclear war is coming, Australia is probably the safest place. And which is funny, we've always said that since I was a little kid, because it's so far removed from so many other strategic targets. Everyone assumes that no one will yeah, bother bombing. Surely, it.
0: I don't know how the, these things play out, but why would they make no effort to bomb Australia?
1: Just because, even though it's part of the Western civilization, it's as far removed geographically from other there are no valuable military targets can be. there at all. I'm not. I'm not sure there are, unless you have the resources to actually try to to wipe out all of Western civilization wholesale. You know, you, you know, Australia is going to be the least of your worries, and probably still your last target. I mean, think about it. Terrorists were taking over Mumbai, you know, to to weed out Western influences. But that's because it's close to terrorists. You know, it's, it makes sense. It's convenient for them. But Australia and New Zealand aren't close to a damn thing except each other. Interesting. They're like a, that's like another planet. That probably is a good well, place.
0: maybe Lynn will be kind enough to to uh, provide a place for us to stay if it comes down to it if we're able to hijack a plane and get Hopefully across we'll the ocean come
1: to that really we're, like, we're contacting we're contacting the friends of the show uh can i stay with you uh, i kind of liked your show okay but really now that we're at the end of the world i think i kinda need
0: family. yeah i, I kind of have this room saved for my family
1: <laughs> yeah sorry don't use a weapon that you can't get ammunition for, perhaps something that you might be able to make ammo for, which is what we were talking about. Or she suggests a hammer, which is my personal favorite. Oh, so no we've doubt. Discussed that we've discussed the virtues of Blunt melee of weapons
0: are the way to go.
1: I can't, and, and she's saying that because she's, she's listened to the show and, and she's she's referencing that. But but I can't. I, I have said before and I fully believe that, that the virtues of, of a hammer cannot be overstated. It's easy to carry. You could definitely you could kill someone in one blow with a hammer. I'm not recommending you do. You should, certainly should not do that in a normal situation, but I'm just saying in a zombie scenario, you could take a zombie's head with off hammers. with a hammer. And you might not have a gun for every zombie, but you you can you can hammer zombies all day long. It's good for you. The
0: hammer has a nice short swing too versus like a baseball a, bat which takes up a yeah, lot of it's room. It is
1: designed to, To make the maximum, to to get the maximum effect from the the heft. You know, it's designed to drive nails through a board, so surely, you know, it will just screw somebody's world completely up. And hopefully that somebody is a mindless zombie, like I said. (laughs) It's It's not an endorsement of the Hammer murder, of Hammerside, as it were.
0: Axes are probably pretty good too. Axes are
1: good. I still say hammers are better because they're easier to carry. They're more concealable. They are. They
0: they have less swing. More than a full axe.
1: I think hatchet might be the best of both worlds. Although the allure of the hammer still calls to me.
0: (laughs) I'll always love the hammer. Well,
1: the claw hammer has best of both. The claw hammer has a blunt end and it has a, a horrifically sharp end. So it, it's half a hatchet by itself. And you can actually get hammer hatchets yeah. too.
0: See, that's, that's what you want. That's
1: hammer on one end and a hatchet. That might be the ultimate post-apocalyptic <laughs> weapon. Now, I can't, you know, surely if you can get hold of guns and all that stuff, you should because there will certainly be enough gun crazies out Yeah, know, you want there. ranged weapons. But, but But for melee, for short range, I can't think of better than a hammer. I really can't. And not everybody you know, you can find a hardware section or a hardware store just about anywhere. It doesn't necessarily have guns. But you can almost always put hands on a hammer.
0: And if we're getting into the melee world, we've gotta bring back shields. If people other people have hammers, you're gonna want one. Yeah,
1: the riot gear. You brought up the riot gear before and that's a very good if and and actually the 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 zombie comic that I read the Walking Dead, they actually do get hold of riot gear and use that, and and it's helpful to them. So I think who else, who else was bringing that up about the riot gear? It might have also been ben Lynn mentioned that in an earlier installment about having. Maybe she was just saying chainmail, like because reenactors and stuff. But people were already saying the, the importance of of you know practical body armor in those situations. So riot gear is a good one. Some sports equipment is good. If you're in yeah. a position and you can get that shark armor, that's pretty good. In the zombie scenario, I can't think of much better, but I, even in, even in a, like if there's no zombies, even if it's just regular crazies, having that kind of armor would be helpful because they might be coming at you with hatchets and hammers. Like, cause weirdos like us told them to. Yeah, and
0: flag jacket would be good. Bulletproof. You get a bulletproof vest.
1: Yeah, and the riot gear has like one of those nice plexiglass shields. But, so these are all good. These are all good tips. And I think I think we got some more stuff going on. I think we have some more apocalypse stuff. I I would think that there's there's a robot issue that still needs to be addressed.
0: Yeah, because like Terminator is a post-apocalyptic world of a different degree, and uh, we didn't talk about that kind of thing at all.
1: We didn't even talk about God apocalyptics which is a whole different kind of apocalypse. I don't think we've touched on, we said we were going to have a whole episode on alien apocalypses. I think we got that coming.
0: Yeah, that's true. We
1: and Lynn brought up a very interesting point, which was the issue of robots versus demons. <laughs> I'm not even sure if that's an apocalypse, but that sounds like a good topic.
0: Sounds good.
1: That we haven't covered yet. The virtues of robots versus demons, which side we should be on, I would probably say robots. Because we can build robots, but to my knowledge, we cannot create demons. It's kind of hard
0: to side with demons.
1: Yeah, it really is. They're they're good for for almost nothing. I would definitely rather be in the robot run world than the demon run world. Because I believe that robots are right on the cusp of running our society right now. I do not believe that it is about to fall prey to devils.
0: Well, so we, should we should definitely do that. the alien one and possibly the robot one. We might could roll those together because any decent Maybe alien we'll, invading army is going to have robots in it.
1: And we might, and there might be some robot versus alien scenarios. We haven't touched on it, but there is a book by Daniel Wilson who wrote the How to Survive a Robot Uprising about how to build a robot army to defend against various threats, including alien invasions, but not excluding vampires and werewolves. Awesome. So that's <laughs> I'm reading that book right now and it's and there's a lot of fun stuff in that. Man. But as always, he's fun, but he also cites real developments in, in robotics that are going on right now. So it's a fun way to, to look at
0: That's it. a movie that needs to be made.
1: <laughs> he sounds like he's got it he sounds like he's got it figured out so maybe we'll we'll do that in our robots and aliens apocalypse we'll talk about some of those different
0: things alrighty well we'll hit that up think, soon
1: yeah I think we got some more of this there's, we haven't tapped this and I think there's some stuff yet to come like Madougal had recommended that we do a show just generally on how to survive the future which I think would be fun
0: God, that's a wide subject we'd have to break that down
1: well, I think there's that the the broadness of it is what makes it kind of fun and challenging.
0: We should call it the Buck Rogers episode because that's essentially what we're saying. It's like if you had to, if you got shot forward into the future, Futurama style.
1: Oh yeah. Well, actually, uh, one of our one of our latest emails came from from a fan of Buck Rogers and Flash Gordon. David Bailey wrote and and reminded me of the old flash gordon animated series which i loved as a kid and we were talking about saturday morning cartoons and everything and i just didn't think to mention it
0: all right well email us feedback at tv8mydinner.com yeah
1: also check out youtube.com Dark crazy tv we get some videos there and hopefully we'll have some new stuff coming up very soon
0: all righty then until next week and next time my name is brooks i'm sean don't watch zombie strippers
1: dog freezer.